Happy New Year! We, Happy we, New Year! We made it! Made just it. just about. After almost being taken out by um, the virus that shall not be named. Um, Mayola. <laughs> <laughs> slight, slight delay on getting the second episode out. <clears throat> but we're here. Um, and the second episode is a recap on 2021. So we're going to highlight campaigns that have championed diversity and inclusivity throughout 2021. Um, and this is our pick of brand and agency work that went above and beyond the call of duty to inform, educate and communicate the importance of diversity. Yeah, so the first ad that we're going to be talking about, this is by Royal Navy and this is Raj's story by Engine Creative. I've actually applied to join the Royal Navy. Raj, this is not what we do. Now, you might have seen this ad and it kind of follows on with the Royal Navy's um, story to get people like recruited up to the Royal Navy. But of course, it's um, the whole tagline being made in the Royal Navy. We've but, all seen these, haven't we? Yeah, but there's a new take on it because, of course, Raj um, happens to be a Sikh man and it kind of tells the story of how he had a bit of a difficult upbringing. Um, I guess bits of racism and stuff had come into his life and he kind of felt those struggles, but you kind of see how he kind of comes through it and really comes into his own yeah. as, um, in the Navy, I guess. I also feel like, I mean, what comes springs to mind always is I was born in Carlisle. I was raised <laughs> in the Navy, right? And it's it was that, but you... you Yes, you expect to see that white man from a British suburb or, you know, a kind of a, um, a, a UK town. And actually, what we saw was a real and I think true depiction of Raj's story growing up. He was spat at a bus stop. Yeah. He experienced racism. His parents didn't understand that he wanted to be in the armed forces. And, and it's obviously a Sikh man. Now, I can't even tell you the first or last time I actually re- recall seeing Sikhism portrayed really as a religion in advertising. Um, and it's quite maybe uh, no, I don't think I've ever seen it. So I think that's a, yeah. like a hidden story. So it's quite nice to see this come to fruition. And it wasn't just a coincidence that he happened to be a Sikh man. That was a real kind of pivotal point of that advert. You see him putting on his turban, and that kind of um, is a really kind of moving part of the ad. And and it comes across really nicely. And I think that it's just nice to see kind of the different types of people who have joined the Navy and it is something that I guess it might have seemed a bit unexpected and I think that's part of the reason why um, this ad was actually a runner-up in Channel 4's Diversity and Advertising Awards which meant that it was given £250,000 of free advertising airtime. Yes, they yeah they won that the previous year, didn't they? Yeah, so... Um, Channel 4 are doing a lot, I think. Channel 4 have been, I think, real champions, especially as a network, really pushing um, and championing you know, diversity, inclusive stories, um, all for changing perceptions of the British public, which I think is actually great. Yeah, and just to add towards the fact that, you know, the ad really came across really authentically and um, I actually saw over on Twitter you had uh, Sonny Oshan, who played Raj's father. Um, He was really pleased to be in the ad he's a Sikh man himself and he actually was cast in the ad alongside his wife and his son so like a whole Sikh family were used in the making of the ad as well 
I think it's great that they, they're doing the Royal Navy and the armed forces actually overall are doing a lot to um, recruit um, across, I suppose, culture versus it being just white men, right? And telling these stories so beautifully, that's great. But I think they've got a lot of work to do also internally because if I, if I remember correctly, there was a, um, a debate um, in Parliament earlier this year which spoke uh, directly about how within the armed forces, ethnic minorities um, are not given, you know, the, I suppose, the standout that, you know, white men males are given um, and so therefore they're, they're less likely to you know pr- they, oh no sorry I think that was they never go past a certain rank so there's no one of a certain I suppose authority within the armed forces of of you know from an ethnic, ethnic minority background so there's a lot of work to be done internally to start reflecting their front-end conversations yeah so overall I, I really I really did enjoy the ad. It kind of continued on with the being made in the Royal Navy kind of narrative. And and I have seen being made in the Royal Navy ads with uh, people of other cultures, like black people, but they hadn't really... Their cultural heritage or their religion hadn't been the focus. So I think that was the real real difference here. But like you said, it's um, it's got to stretch beyond the ad in this case. And I wonder where it's going to go next. Yeah. Where will it go next? Who knows? Staying with Channel 4... Um, I think we we love the show Black to Front, and I think we wanted to mention this, didn't we? Just because it, it was something that it it stood out to us, especially on social media, and the backlash that it got. Um, now I don't know if you remember Unapologetic. Yeah, as um, so Unapologetic was a show that was launched as part of Channel 4's Black to Front initiative, which was their day where they really tried to showcase their ongoing commitment to black representation on screen on screen and behind the screen and they had a few different shows that launched that day but also like a um all of the shows that were aired that day were geared towards having um good black on-screen representation um unapologetic it's it has a tagline um they the uh discussion program that doesn't hold back yeah, and they most certainly do not hold back, and I think it's great. Uncomfortable discussions need to be had for people to move forward, um, and also people to tell their stories, right? Um, but during an episode in November, which featured comedian White Yardy, you know what I'm going to say here, the discussion focused around who gets to define black culture. Now we are here for the uncomfortable debates, but during the show, Nicholas Terrell Scott, who featured on the show and is a music journalist, asked White Yardy. When did you decide you were Jamaican? When did you decide that you were Jamaican? Was it when you came back over here? Was it when someone asked you, like, was there an experience where you've just felt, I identify as a Jamaican man? And at that moment, I just, I lost my shit. (laughs) Like, this is a man who was raised in Jamaica, spent 20-odd years there, submersed in the culture of food, music, education, the foundation years of his life. And yes, he has a strong Jamaican accent to match. How dare you question what he identifies as, as his culture and nationality? It was like an interrogation. But the line of questioning was contradictory because if he can't claim Jamaican nationality, having spent most of his life there, then what does that mean for our parents, your parents, Faye, my dad, you know, and the rest of the black British community who may have never stepped foot on foreign soil but class themselves as Jamaican, Nigerian, Bayesian or Ghanaian? Do they not have a claim to the culture and nationality? But yet those born elsewhere but raised in the UK, are they not able to claim to be British if that's what they align and identify with? It's, yeah. Where does it stop? I think it's um, the difficulty with, I guess, being understanding to the, the line of interrogation is really based around the fact that when you are in the position of being the interviewer, 
you should have done some research. So from that research, you should have known, like, that what Yardi grew up in, grew up in Jamaica, yeah. that's his background. And it's like, if you don't know that, then I guess how do you, how do you kind of vocalise your, like, your opinion about it? But it's... It should have been coming from a place of someone who was informed on yeah, this yeah, situation, absolutely. and then, it, and then, when it comes like when it comes down to it, I guess it's it's good to have these uncomfortable conversations. But when you have already got a show that has maybe got some eyes on it that aren't necessarily like people watching coming from the best place, like it's it's difficult to be controversial um, without causing upset. And yeah, I think that this just. Um, it kind of was towing the line, and I guess. Well, but I think it was. Do you really think that happened because he was white? I think it happened because he was white, That's and what, he's, yeah. and it's kind of being very much touted as this is like a black space. Yes. But then he was like white yardy. I mean, the proof's in the name. He's not trying to it's say not, that. It's he's not like, an online. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, he's an online comedian, but that's not part of his act. That's who he is. That's who he. Yeah, yeah. Ex- and exactly, and um, he's never hidden that he's white, but also. He's also been quite vocal that he grew up in Jamaica, yeah. and he, of course, that's the like many yeah, people. Many people think it was a gimmick. Your, His accent was culture, a gimmick. You your know, culture is based around um, your upbringing. Like yeah. that is part of your culture, and so. Like, I think if you yeah. if you go back, I remember stories from you know BLM movement twenty twenty, you know, and there was lots of rhetoric of of black people of a certain age saying you know they still don't feel like they they belong they you know always classed as foreigners yeah. despite being second generation born here yeah, being and you know paid their taxes contribute to society all of that stuff and you know and everyone was like no they shouldn't be made to feel like this they should, you know they should be accepted as a part of Britain and the community etc etc and absolutely I agree so it's like if you want to fight for that. You can't then also you can't then have the complete opposite yeah. just because someone's white. But you're doing the reverse. Yeah, if, 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 if does you, that make sense? If you set up your your rules of what how things should be. Yes. Then it actually works on the reverse but side as well, all, and that should be yeah, fair. Yeah. And like everyone should be accountable. So I think in that case, like unapologetic, really did did slip up. Yeah. Do you think they did enough to address it after the fact? I know that that journalist he actually had to like deactivate his Twitter because he was getting. Harassed. I'm not surprised. And you know what, again, things... Look, I'm, uh, I'm not here for cancel culture in many respects because I feel like, again, that could... That's for something that he once said, it doesn't make him a horrible person. It doesn't make him, you know, it doesn't mean he should be bastardised and never be worked with again, etc., etc. That was a moment, a question. It Obviously, it, it, it caught the momentum of the media. Yeah. And as soon as it hits media and social, and social media, yeah, you, see you are screwed. Yeah. And it's like... Okay, let's. Have, they had that conversation. They addressed it. Maybe he's learned something from that now, and how he should be addressing, you know, conversations of that nature. And also, equally, I think maybe that how many people stood up for what you are in that sense as well gave a gave a show of we're moving in the right direction. People are not sitting here just turning a blind eye to things. People generally care, and they will keep at it until they get the right response. Maybe that's actually a positive thing. I think one good thing that really can come out of that moment is, I guess, just making people more aware because some people still are confused that not all black people think the same about yes, things. Yes, yes, like, yes. Everyone has their own ideas. Things can be very nuanced and um, some people obviously are thinking think differently yeah. about um, your cultural heritage, your background, who owns blackness, who owns um, being from the Caribbean. Yes, yeah, because, yeah. you know, it's like 
being black and being Caribbean aren't one in the same. same. Um, but not everybody thinks like that. Just the same way as that some people think that being British and being white are the same thing. No, they're yes, not. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's my view. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, everyone everyone can think about things differently. And I think that really helped to kind of show people, oh, actually, you know, lots of people think differently. Like, stop putting everyone in, like, oh. Stop putting everyone in his box. Let's just ask the black person over there. Yeah. Uh, we, need, uh, we need to know, is this is this ad okay? Is this okay? No, like, you the one speak black, for everyone. black person in the room Absolutely. can't speak for everyone. And this is a real good example of that. No, I completely agree. Um, I think there is, they've just been renewed for um, another season, which I, but I'm looking forward to seeing what they come out with next. And I, lo- yeah. and I love, I do love the way that they, um, the direction that they're taking the show. And I do, I love that every, every episode, there is a constructive and positive feedback yeah. for, on social media afterwards. I so th- it's doing its job. Exactly. I think that more people as well like would have been attracted to the show from that little bit of controversy and then they can see all the other great stuff to that's learn. going yeah. on because that's like one moment that I guess caused a debate there's nothing wrong with a debate you know as long as like things can be learned and you know both sides can talk amicably like not everyone does on social media so that's obviously a bad thing if people are being targeted but you know if there's a, like a, a learning that can come out of it then that's great too so Con- yeah controversy is good press yeah looking forward to it seeing more still. of the show <laughs> we'll be watching move over Victoria's Secrets you're outdated Get back there. Um, it's it's all about Savage X Fenty now, and I think that's uh, as a brand in two thousand and twenty one, and and a lingerie underwear brand, they're just doing it so so right. First of all, let's talk about why Victoria's Secrets became so outdated. And they were cancelled in 2019, if I believe correctly. Didn't their uh, CMO make a statement which said something about um, transgender women? They were never going to have transgender women included. They don't think they'd never thought they should. Um, and I also believe it said they attempted to do a television show for plus sizes. Um, and then quite insensitively, no one had any interest and they still don't. Um, he apologised uh, after making that comment to, I think it was in an interview with Vogue. But equally, they just didn't move with the times. Gone were the times of skinny white women in lingerie um, being so idolised. It was about inclusivity yeah. and people wanting to be represented in, in, in the right way. It's like in the UK, if you actually think about it, the average dress size for a woman is a size 16. So why wouldn't the majority of women be marketed to like it yeah. actually doesn't make sense the way that things were were in the past like people can love their bodies and love themselves for who they are now they don't need to idolize um this like perpetual thinness like yeah. thinness and whiteness it's like show something different and that's why like savage x fenty like said burst on the scene rihanna we all love her already and was doing something different and of course, the Savage X Fenty shows just so easily accessible. You can watch it online. You can watch it on Amazon Prime. It makes you want to get like a little panty set. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think? Yeah. So I think. That, I think the thing nice little look, nice little lace number. The Savage X Fenty shows as well, inclusive of men yes. and women. There's yeah. men in the show. We see them. And again, what... what their little robes on. What Victoria's Secrets didn't do. Um, they didn't... Inc- inc- I think they, they only first included... They diversified their models um, f- uh, in... I think it was 2018. 
where they actually had 19 models of colour, but before that, they didn't have any. Yeah. So I think they definitely, I guess, it's still... They were all tall, they were all skinny, they were... I think what works well with Savage X Fenty is just the the amount of people as well that they have. Like, if you were really looking for someone that kind of looked like you, I mean, it felt like there's, like, hundreds of them. Like, there's a lot more people, so you can feel... Um, it means that a lot more people can feel represented. Mm. Also, what I love is, because this is what brands tend to do, and I think a lot of brands do this, they start off with, like, for instance, um, uh, let's say, like, a, a small range, and it's... And, oh, this is what... Also... They start off with something which is where they will promote inclusivity, but never in their campaigns is a plus-size woman or man or equally um, someone of transgender. They, they talk about they do, but they never put them at the forefront. Yeah. The difference with Savage X Fenty is they are the heroes of the entire brand. Yeah. And it was from inception when she first started, um, Rihanna first launched the brand, the nude range was the largest anyone had ever seen like they t- she'd really taken time to be inclusive from the very very beginning and i think that there's you know um, there was a quote that she if i remember correctly she will literally cast for a look regardless of who they are so it's not a friend it's not a celebrity it's not anything that can do something for her she will go out onto the street sometimes and literally be like oh what a fabulous woman what a fabulous man come i want you in my i want you yeah. on my show do you know what i mean i think that's actually a quote from um it was from Gigi Hadid that's it, yes. which i think is is also something that's important to remember is that with the savage x20 shows like, not only it does Rihanna manage to cast such a diverse, like, amazing range of people who are just so interesting to look at, you just want to know more about all of them, but also she casts these celebrities, these models, there's, like, really great music. It is a whole experience yeah. to watch. And, yeah, can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> can, you, can you do some of those memes you, you did for me about 20 minutes ago, please? <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm looking Let's, forward to watching it, getting ready for like getting ready for New Year, watching that. It's such a vibe. There's like. there's gonna be there's going to be a um, visual treat on Instagram of Faye doing some twerking, um, and I don't know was that can we cast that as, as dancing? <laughs> um, up on Instagram very soon. Um, and I think with uh, with Savage X Fenty as well, it kind of carries through the show into kind of all the other facets of Subject 20, the influences that they collaborate with, um, the what they put out on social media, the range of models that you see on the website when you go to buy. It's like, you know, what hashtag this isn't an ad. Like, yes, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but, but if you want to send me so a well. you want to send me a little two-piece lingerie set, it's how <laughs> 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 do you know I haven't already ordered one? Who knows? Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, I think they also have, um, I think, plus-size mannequins in, uh, in some of their pop-ups as well, which, again, not, you, don't, you never really see that if you go into, like, an Ann Summers or... I mean, not, not that I know, <laughs> so somebody has told me. Um, uh, and, and I think they're now expanding into stores, which is, which is also great in the US, but they're also, which, is, which is kicking back on um, Victoria's Secret's 
market share. But, you know, they're, they're leaders. They're leaders of the market. And, I th- and I'm excited to see, you know, how else she will now push the boundary- boundaries with this. Yeah. Um, and who follows suit? Because it takes one brand to be so bold yeah. for other brands to go, oh, damn it, we missed, you know, missed the curve there. Yeah, and we've already seen a lot of the beauty brands follow suit when Fenty Makeup yeah. started doing such a diverse shade range. A lot of the... Um, I guess like beauty counter kind of brands, the small um, those kind of brands, they started doing a wider shade range and took notice of that. Like the brands that are available in Boots, those kind of ones. Um, so hopefully, uh, lingerie brands and and other clothing brands will kind of follow suit for what she's doing for for Fenty in terms of their shows and kind of how they how they kind of I guess pay attention to other people that they're trying to appeal to, like, in different ways. Oh, Nana. What's my name? <laughs> Rihanna! Um, and Rihanna is our d hero, I suppose, then, for... Um yeah. For change. I, I, yeah, I she, can be our, she can buy she a diversity champion, yeah. We'll get little T-shirts made. OK, you can get a T-shirt made. <laughs> Do you remember that when everyone wore Rihanna t-shirts back in... Do you remember when everyone had that Rihanna t-shirt from Top We're going to bring it back. Do you know what I'm talking about? 2022, yeah. we'll bring it back. Do, do, what was that video, um, Love, Love and a Hopeless Place? No, California King Bed, that whole, that whole era. And every boy had a t-shirt from Top Man with Rihanna on it. Do you remember, do you remember this? Am I just yeah. talking nonsense? Um, yeah, bring, bring, that, bring those days back. Up next, let's talk about... Google's hands raised by Uncommon Creative Studios. It's okay not to know. This was the ad where you see the snapshots of different people's lives. Uh, it's like moments that pique curiosity and lead to questions. So it's all about the questions not defining people, but it's what we do with the answers. And it's voiced by Marcus. Rashford, Rashford. Our, our, our diversity our hero. champion. Our Audi hero. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, we turn to Google so much, don't we? Yeah. I, I mean, I end up end up going back, cause I feel like I'm getting old, and I'm out of, out of the loop with, like, stuff that my, my nephew might say or someone might say, and I'm like, what is that? But then I find myself an Urban Dictionary <laughs> versus Google. Yeah. Because that's where it leads me. It's like, oh, that's what that means. Well, that's why it's, it's okay not, not to, to know. know. It's okay. And if you don't know, ask Google. Yeah. Because <laughs> it will tell you so much versus just doing something or saying something, looking stupid, ins- offending someone, insulting someone. Yeah. Just ask. Yeah. And also, I think that the kind of moral of the ad is that, you know, if you're curious and you don't know, it's fine to ask, but it's it's thinking about where that question is coming from. If you're if someone tells you the answer to something and straight away you're on the defensive, no, that's not right, blah blah, blah or you're that's a different that's a different scenario. But if you're like just intrigued, you don't know you see this cultural celebration going on and I don't know, it's not one of the ones that you know. Like you could ask yeah. someone you could ask the person on the street if you wanted. But if you want to be Oh, well, let's be careful here. Let's be careful here. It, <laughs> it, it, no, it depends yeah. what you want to ask. Like, oh, what are you all here celebrating? <laughs> That's, that, could be, that could be fine. Yeah. It depends but, what, or, yeah, what or, you want to ask. Do you know what? The even safer way, like you said, ask Google. Just ask, ask. <laughs> what was the last thing you asked Google? Dangerous territory. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I, I don't know. Should I check? I think, the, what was the last thing I asked Google? Uh, how, Something to do with having a hangover. Like, no matter how much, how many, how, how many hangovers I've had, 
I will always try and work out the way to beat the hangover. And Google tells me <laughs> the same thing over and over again. It's dehydration, as we all know. I think the last thing I asked was about um, whether or not red wine is worse for a hangover than white wine. I tested the theory. Neither is better nor worse. You just always end up having a, hang having a hangover, especially when you drink two bottles. <laughs> Was this a, Chris, a, a special Christmas question that he had? Um, it was just before Christmas, actually. Just yeah. before, yeah. But well, we're, we're tackling that in January. Well, I know in this, um, in this Google ad, one of the, the first questions that comes up is, um, who can say, well, go on. Well, go on. Who, can, who can say, well, well go on? Well, who do you think can say? Shall I find out what Google says? I, what do you say? I think everyone can say it. I think everyone can say it. Because why not? I'm not... So my mum my mom, my mom will literally come into a room with me and my brother and be like, well, go on, bruv. <laughs> she does. She would. She would. She would. Um, and we would just laugh. Or she'll be like, what's up, bread bin? Yeah. Obviously, she means bread bin. Um... But we just find that funny, and that's our kind of humour with, with my mum. I don't imagine my mum will walk up to some random user on the street and be like, well, go on. Yeah. It's very... Um, read, the, read the room yeah. with the audience. It's very... Um, what was that? What was the rapper on X Factor years ago, the older woman? Who put the hat on? Oh. Honey Bee. Yeah. Like, that would be... I just That's just, like, really... Yeah. I think, um, well, according to Google, it's... All around, yeah, the nuances. Like, if you grew up set around lots of people who are saying wagwan to you yeah. and saying wagwan to them, then it kind of makes sense. But if you then all of a sudden, I don't know, you started, like, watching some grime music videos at, like, 18, like, don't go yes, start saying yeah, wagwan to people. <laughs> but it's, it's like, you know, when you see, as in it, like, on the politician circuit and um, yeah. you'll get someone who's trying to be call hip or for humour and they they obviously say it how it's spelled wagwan yeah wag I think I think that's not nice as well no, like, I don't start no. saying it to try and mock yeah. people yeah, like, yeah. that's actually like their vernacular like how they talk like if you're taking the piss then you can go and sniffle also where where did like well, this is a whole different topic of conversation but jokes like People can't be. Everyone's so sensitive. People can't be funny anymore. Can't, well, that's, oh, a whole, no. that's a whole different conversation. Shut up. No way. All right, we'll stop. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go there. We'll go. <laughs> Say that one. Delete that comment. <laughs> Next up on the campaign trail is the International Paralympic Committee. We the Fifteen by Adam and Eve. DDV. So why the pedestals are nice and the pity tolerated? We're not special. That's not what it's like. Non è la nostra realtà. And only when you see us. Wonderfully ordinary. Wonderfully human. Only then. Can we all break down these barriers? That give us support. Go for it. You go for it. You go for it. So this ad was promoting um, a new disability inclusivity movement uh, during the Tokyo Paralympic Games. So it aired during the opening of the Games and um, I guess it shows people from all different walks of life who are disabled, but the main part of the ad is kind of showcasing that actually it's 15% of the world's population that um, will classify themselves as disabled. Which is a huge, huge number. And I think as a society, we don't see it in that way. 
I think how it's positioned, how society positions people with disabilities, whether that's, you know, um, physical ones that you can actually see or not, yeah. is that it's such a tiny, tiny, tiny part, it's almost like, we'll worry about them later. You know what I mean? But also what I loved, and if you haven't watched the audio or seen it, um, go and watch it, and it's also on our Instagram. Um, but what I love about it is that they've taken, you know, a range of people from, you know, many different backgrounds with many different disabilities... And they've made it quite... Um, they've made it funny. Yeah. Because it's them making fun of themselves because of what and how society positions it's, them. Yeah, it's making fun out of society's perceptions of disabled people. people. Which I think is brilliant. Brilliantly done. Because it's not something that's so heavy to watch. You kind of go, oh, that's light-hearted. And I get that now. And I'm informed. Yeah. And I think we're so used to seeing all the the superhuman ads, you know, the Channel yes, Four ones, yes. which were amazing, but we've evolved since then. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great message to kind of move us forward. Like we already we learnt the superhuman stuff. Okay, that was great, but this actually makes a joke about that and then moves the story forward to actually be like, this isn't a small group of superhuman people who are just athletes. Actually, this is fifteen percent of the world's population. Yeah. Um, who are oh, just like everybody else. Yes. Which, is, which which comes across very, very well. One of the funniest parts um, was there is a lady praying, a blind lady praying, and she looks at the camera and says, I'm, I'm not praying, I'm not praying, I'm not for, praying a for a cure, cure. I'm praying for a new handbag. <laughs> um, because they, they just get on with their lives. You know, they talk about they have mortgages like everybody else. They're politicians. There's whether you've got Tourette's or, you know, Struggling Down syndrome. Kids a- out the door absolutely. In the I just think yeah. it's such a brilliant, it's so brilliantly done. Um, you just have to watch it. And it really does make you think so differently. Yeah. It makes you smile as well. And, yeah. and I think the other great thing is they also had some disabled talent behind the camera as well. So That's they nice. really, when they were kind of going into making the ad, they kind of thought about it from both sides and to me that's authentic yeah that's an authentic portrayal and delivery yeah and it's global as well i think that's just so important with the message we are the 15 actually casting for it globally and having it filmed um all around the world that just makes so much more sense than having it be um i'm gonna say a number and i don't know if it's right is it 1.2 billion i think it was 150 the 15 percent is 1.2 billion I'll fact check because they're just yeah. looking this up. <laughs> um, I just think it's an astonishing amount of people, and I think we just don't realise it so much. Um, and it's again, it's just it's just highlighting that. Yeah. So the, I guess with the ad, they're hoping that this is going to be like a whole human rights movement yeah. and discrimination for that 1.2 billion um, right. people with disabilities who are just like us. Yeah. Should be just cat- like and they, else. they should be catered for. Yeah just like everybody else. And I think that's the, the real difficulty, isn't it? That mm. um, people's differences are, are ignored or not catered for. And so it just means that you don't have that ac- accessibility to so many different places, whether that is to reading an article on the internet where you don't have the accessibility to be able to do that yeah. or it is literally um, entering a venue or yeah. something like that. It's like there's there's so many nuances to it and I like this um, movement. Hopefully the movement picks up. They had some landmarks that were lit up purple. They got different things and I think that this is of of course after now the Olympics is finished, they're gonna be carrying on yeah, with they should do. the fifteen. The tone of we're voice is it. perfect. We're gonna see this. it come out in, yeah. in lots of different ways. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to twenty rest of twenty twenty two to see how this progresses. This one to keep an eye on. Staying with the Olympics Costa Semenya. 
Yes, so Caster Semenya was, um, I guess, the key figure in Lux's Born This Way ad by Wonderman and Thompson. And this was part of a campaign trying to get her to be able to um, to compete in the Olympics in 2021. Unfortunately, it was was unsuccessful, but um, nevertheless, uh, like a really great campaign. It's hard to believe Caster's a woman. Identifying as a woman doesn't make you one. There's nothing feminine about her. That's not a woman. She is a he. If you don't know the story, the ad it highlights the story and is also a vehicle to champion that she is reinstated into her role within the Olympics. Um, it's actually, I found it quite disgusting uh, listening to, there's a, a few quotes that from the beginning of the ad um, are what people have said um, about Custer. About her, yeah. Which is, um, you know, um, there's nothing feminine about her. Um, identifying as a woman doesn't make you one. Um, and I have to say, it's hard to believe Caster's a woman. Now, let's get this oh clear. Caster Semenya is a woman. She has, she was born with high testosterone levels. Yes. More, more so than other women, right? Or than the average, right? Yes. But the fact that this then went down a very sinister route, I, I feel, to alien. I'm not, I don't know how she coped under the I don't the know how people were allowed to say the things that they were saying about her life. That's disgusting. actually mad, yeah. yeah. I think it's disgusting. The message of the of the ad was born this way. Um, you know, every athlete within their field has some sort of extraordinary ability to yeah. deliver their field of, of sport, right? Yeah. And it's exactly the same thing. But, I, and it, but it just, it's just mind-boggling that as today, you can question, again, there's nothing wrong with her. There's, she, there's, she's not on the steroids. Main, I think the main thing is that she hasn't... Um, had any medical intervention via um, uh, taking certain tablets or doing anything to make her different. This is just the way that she, she is. is. And it just so happens that um, maybe that attributes to her being an incredible athlete. Yeah. But that is just her, and she is a woman, and I, I don't really know how this can be, I don't know, can so be I, a topic of debate. I just don't even think it should have been brought into question in the yeah. first place, if I'm honest. And the fact that it was allowed to continue for so long and then still, and then still after, I suppose, case in point, no, you know, nothing came of it. I just think it's so sad. Yeah, well, and I think they've and said, um, the Olympic Committee, I think they've said for her to be able to compete, they want her to take tablets to reduce her levels of testosterone that she produces naturally. Um, you, so I just, that, how that dare you? Backwards, I, 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 very, but also, again, it's like... Yeah. Well, then you're suppressing her. Yeah. Because that's not who she is. Exactly. So that's not fair. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. Um, is there... Because I don't... Uh, what's the latest debate on whether transgender women can compete? Uh, do you remember there was this whole thing where... Um, and I know the US was massively, in, in schools as well, transgender girls weren't allowed to compete in sports. Do, 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 against, do you remember against, that? Against uh, cis-gendered yeah. girls, yes. Um, I think it's um, outside of, like, major league sports, mm. there's, I guess, more leeway for that. But when it comes to, um, I guess, like, you know, major leagues, professional league sports, there still isn't. But what my point is there. But what my point is there is that it's they're two very different things because she is a cis woman in the category of women. Yeah. 
she just has a you know a higher hormone level yeah, and i think that that's exactly it's like that's that's not up for debate yeah i'm sure we're many years behind transgender men and women being accepted in their in categories in sport, from, yeah, in sports, still, but yeah. it's just like if they can't even get past that one part yeah exactly how do we move on from yeah. there and we should, and I think the thing is, is that actually we should be moving on and the, it's, of course, still kind of what you're saying about um, transgender people yeah. and them not being able to compete, etc. That's still really unfair. But how can we even get, get, to, the, get to the point where, where they can be able to compete for their countries? Um, Surely that is, yeah. that's discrimination. I, I would put that as yeah. discrimination. Yeah. It is discrimination. Well, when you're hearing these comments that people are making about Carlos Semenya, it's... It's actually like horrifying and disgusting, and it is. Um, of course, it's discrimination. I think that everyone should be able to see that, and that's why. As soon as I watched the ad, yeah. of course, I went and signed the petition. So I think Lux did a fantastic job with the ad and, yeah. and portraying um, Castor as the superhero that she is. Yeah. Um, I think it came across very, very well, and it's. it's I think it's an emotional piece of work. Yeah, and um, off the back of that, Castor, she is. Um, she had done some big interviews kind of after that and she's now kind of really focusing on um, her legal case to try and get herself back into professional sport. Hmm. Well, certain ways to go. Um, okay, so after the shit show of um, the, Euro- the, uh, the Euros and the horrible acts of racial abuse and bigotry that came out of that... Um, some think that the sports as an as a institution has almost, I suppose, restored my faith um, in them as a whole, and that would have to be the EA Sports campaign with the Cayenne Prince Foundation. Long live the Prince! Um, and that was, I guess, one of the focal points was an ad by Engine Creative. My name is Cayenne Prince, and I am a professional footballer. Well, at least I would have been. Had I not been killed when I was 15. Cayenne Prince, he actually was murdered um, as a as a young man. and 15, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just 15 years old and he had a promising football career ahead of him, um, but he was a victim of knife crime. And so EA Sports brought him back to life. So yeah. he was in there, he was in FIFA... Um, he, they also kind of created, I guess, like an avatar of him or yes, showing yeah, yeah. like what he would look like now, um, as like a 30 year old man. And he was on a billboard as the like the face of JD Sports. So, cause that's like what, what you would be yes, doing yeah, exactly. as like a 32 year old athlete in your prime. Um, so I guess it kind of just showed like what is lost to, to knife crime really. And QPR Stadium renamed the stadium the Kian, the Kian Prince. Yeah, stadium. so that had happened the year before. Okay. Um, but of course, in as part of this initiative on FIFA, he was playing for QPR. I think it's a good use of budget, if I'm honest. And I can only imagine the parents of Kian. Um, who have their own foundation and they've been campaigning hard and obviously he's lost, yeah. he lost his life to knife crime, a young black boy. Um, and I just love that they've actually put put something behind this, you know, financially and have, have given it, the, I suppose, the attention that it deserves. Yeah. Um, also to, to celebrate his life 
as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A promising young career future and so much potential. Um, Fifteen years later, but I'm glad that they've done it. I think in the in the ad you see um, Kyan's dad, Doctor Mark Prince, and he just he comes across so well. Like it must be so hard to have, of of course, like lost your son, but Absolutely, all yeah. the campaigning that he's done, all the work that he does with young people, is to stop another young person's life like, being lost, being lost yeah. so kind of pointlessly and it was obviously great that with this campaign they were able to um, work with uh, Mark Prince and kind of really make sure they were authentically bringing to life Kyan's character and even to like the, using family photos and stuff to help to model how he would he would look now his style, his yeah. speed, I remember reading yeah, this, that was quite interesting yeah, how we would look yeah. now, how we would play now. And they um I think one of the other good things in the ad was they had Raheem Sterling. Um he he had known I am not sure if he was friends with Kyan or he'd just kind of known of him like from playing football and that kind of thing and, and of course like he's a successful footballer now to kind so to have him in the ad talking so like positively and like encouraging, I guess it helps to encourage young people that there there is a different way. I think what had happened this year with the horrible, horrible racist comments, um, attacks online, I don't think the FA did enough, if I'm honest, to absolutely disrepute it um, and stand up for the players. And I think that I'm just... I'm glad that there's an example within sports, within football, where actually the focus is a young black man um, and it's 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 a positive story for change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's getting behind it. Yeah. Versus this... shying away and not trying to offend the other, you know, white male um, extremists. Yeah. And this, of course, like knife crime in the UK, it disproportionately affects the black community. So it is important that brands get behind campaigns that can help to change that because, mm. you know, it's an awful thing. Yeah. No, I think a really, really good one there from from EA Sports. <laughs> it's in the game! <laughs> it's in the game. I can't do it. Last but not least, one that caused all the uproar. Um, it, it, after our first episode, um, so obviously Christmas orientated, we had a gay Santa. Yes, yeah, so this is when Harry met Santa. And this Snazzy. is um, for Poston, which is the... Norway's postal service, and it was by Pole. So, okay, so, okay, as a company, their messaging within that, so their postal service, um, Santa basically pops up every now and every year and then um, on the final year he hires the Norwegian Postal Service to deliver all his presents so he could spend time <laughs> with this man. With his bae. With Harry. <laughs> I just think, right, and, uh, uh, great messaging and also gay Santa. So what? Let him in. Lesbian Santa, gay Santa, black female Santa, Santa. female Santa, whoever. I couldn't care less who Santa was, and I'm glad that they are playing with that. No one says that just because there's a story that has to be told. Screw tradition. Goodbye. But it's just the way I think the story unfolded for me. I mean, it was a bit more like a festive grinder <laughs> meet than, than a cute story about 
Harry and falling in love with Santa. If I woke up and there was an old man sat on my sofa... No, Harry went looking for it. Yeah, Harry was looking for it. He peeking up the chimney, <laughs> putting on his cologne. He went and nestled up on the sofa, waiting for him. I just, so he's given the signals. He is. Saying, like, Salah, hang around. But don't you think the way he's portrayed was a little bit creepy? I thought it was Harry a bit... wanted it, so oh. it's different. Hey! Harry was Gagging, gagging for the baubles. <laughs> And then after he slipped up his chimney and it was, yeah. was, it, was a happy ending. Yeah, I think... People um, were uncomfortable with it, I think. People were uncomfortable. I think as well, like, it's amazing. Like, we're here, we're in the UK and we're like, this is a like, Norwegian ad. And I think that's part of what actually maybe got lost in translation. Yeah. Is that, um, each year, Post and do, like, an ad that look into like different aspects of Christmas and traditions and stuff and kind of retell it in a, a different way. So I've not seen any of the previous ads. So we're kind of like, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this about? And but then that's how things work now when it comes to social media and things being put on Twitter and it's it's just so global and so um if you've got the messaging was to celebrate fifty years yeah. since um, since I think same sex yeah, relationships the, were illegal. I think it was yeah the is, decriminalization yeah. of homosexuality in Norway. Um, but of course, like it has got a message that can resonate globally. Like when it comes to talking about relationships and and seeing something different. I, I don't. This ad wasn't made for for little kids either. No, like, no, no, no. Um, but equally, it's like what's What's wrong with seeing a story told a different way? I'm pretty sure, like... People don't like change. People don't like change. And again, it's like, Santa is... Santa's got a Mrs. Claus. And Santa is a white, larger-than-life man. And that's what people want to see Santa as. People forget that Santa was actually based on um, a story from the Middle East. um, And is only now red because of Coca-Cola. And so why can't... Yeah, it was green, wasn't he? It was green. So why can he now, in 2021, why can't Santa have divorced Mrs Claus? Because he (laughs) fell in love with... He doesn't need to. Maybe maybe there never was a Mrs Claus and it's 2022 Uh, and Santa's now finally living his truth. Yeah. And he's with Harry. Like, I don't think it's meant to be... But it's not meant to be... I don't think it's meant to be, like, the story of, like, I guess... Yeah, no, of course. You know, that everyone has to feed in with, of, like, Santa. But it's like... You see so many different films and um, with Santa in them. Of course, they don't all fit into one big, one big like, yeah, yeah. history, like, lineage of what Santa could be. They all are their own individual tales, and this is just one of them. No, I think, I think it's... That legend of Santa and, like, showcasing, you know, what could he be doing now? I, I liked how bold and brave they were to make this ad. I just wish we'd seen it in a, in a way... Which I just, I don't know. You, I think that the messaging behind it, um, Harry and Santa getting together fine, I think you just thought their relationship was creepy. The way it was portrayed, <laughs> I just thought was a bit creepy. I just, I just, let's, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. You don't let's want it. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll put out a disclaimer. He, Lewis doesn't so, want anyone shimmying down his don't chimney. Just, don't you come down my chimney. And <laughs> um, what I think, uh, what I think it was is he obviously the story of Santa. So he saw a glimpse of this man once in his living room, and then suddenly. <laughs> 
then suddenly fell in. I, I just no, because he already, of course, he already knows about Santa. Like you know, he's a really like larger than life giving man, doing good, oh, delivering gifts. And so then when he like was like, oh, like saw him. I guess he was just intrigued. Maybe, maybe. You already knew a bit about him. Wanted to get to know him a bit more. Maybe. You know, now he can with thanks to posting. Thank you. Norway, it's Postal Service. We salute you. And that's episode two. That's episode two. Um, I, I'm happy with saying that Rihanna's our, our diversity and inclusion hero, and I think the brand is going to do wonders um, for it during next year, which will massively influence others to step forward and start making real changes versus just talking about it and sticking plus size models and um, diverse collection of models in their in their catalogues versus on the homepage. I think that's gonna it's gonna do wonders. I think the other person that we'll definitely be looking out for to see what brands they work with and who they're affiliated with is Marcus Radishford. I mean Marcus Rashford. Oh Faye <laughs> Because he just, I think he's going to be selective about who he works with, but I think that, like, diversity and inclusion and um, it's just so important to him. And so if he's working with a brand, they're, they're going to be doing the right things, like, behind the scenes as well. So it's, definitely keep an eye on him. I think 2020 really kick-started a lot. 2021, I've seen a lot of actions from brands. I think it's just only going to get better. Get, get better. And each year, hopefully, you know, the messages are, are growing. Um, and hopefully every year, we've actually got something that makes a political statement, but also a real, real change. Yeah. A lot of brands um, in 2021 made those diversity pledges. Yes. So I think kind of coming into this first quarter of 2022, we're going to be wanting to see what the results are, yeah. kind of how they've moved moved things forward. Everything and, from and, employment yeah. to, you know, even from, you know, women being in positions of seniority. Yeah. That, I think the senior leadership team and who's on it, that's really important because, of course, lots of businesses can employ junior staff that are from diverse backgrounds, um, you know, hit their BAME quota for... Um, like junior positions but it's actually are you retaining those staff are you giving those people positions of power like how are they moving through your business i think that that is something that we're not seeing seen enough of in the past and so that's really the place where the change needs to happen the most kind of I, I, middle I, ma- middle management management absolutely level. yeah i think one brand i've seen that's actually well been quite vocal about it and i've seen some real change come out of them is asos yeah um, i think they've done it, from everything, from their um, from their product product range, right through to I suppose internally, their staff, um, they're making some real changes, doing and really doing something about doing something about it. So that, yeah. that'll be an interesting one to watch. And I think with the with ASOS as well, they have approached things in terms of um, like for face value for from their models like perspective, it's not only diversity in terms of race, but also in terms of people with disabilities as well. Like they have um, models with hearing aids, modelling earrings. Yes, that kind of yes, thing. Like yeah, they yeah. They really are okay, make, like making that kind of visible push to to do something different, and I think that's that's really good. So yeah, more of that in twenty twenty two. More inclusivity, please. And that's episode two. 
I'm Fiona Douglas. That's my line. <laughs> I'm Fiona Douglas. <laughs> and I'm Lewis Donegan Brown. And this is the Ad Race Podcast. Episode two. <laughs> <laughs>